I want to talk about honor, okay? And the little subtitle for this talk is learning to stay amazed. Everybody say, stay amazed. amazed. I want you to shout it. Kind of like a shouty day, okay? So it's going to be good, all right? So we're going to stay amazed. We're going to learn how to stay amazed. I thought I knew what honor was. I, I, thought, I thought, well, honor was kind of showing respect and showing value and love. And it is all of those things, okay? Sometimes in Ireland, though, we can be funny about giving honor. We have in the north at least what's called tall poppy syndrome. Okay, you heard of that? When a poppy grows too tall, we like to cut the head off it. Okay, so when anyone's getting too big for their boots, sometimes we can cut them down a little bit. Just the north, okay. And uh, we can begin to say things about them, and we can begin to be a little bit gossipy and a bit, look at him, look at her, who do they think they are? I remember when they were, I know where they come from, blah, blah, blah. We get all of that. And we cut the head of people sometimes, and we dishonor them. But I'm learning over the years and through God's Word that honor is a hugely powerful thing. When we get it right in the local church, it does something incredible. And this is what I've learned today, is that divine influence lives on the other side of honor. And I'm going to show you this today, and I think it'll change you. I think it'll help you. I think it'll strengthen your life. Divine influence, the influence of God, the influence of the Holy Spirit resides, and you can find it on the other side of honor. Let's get to the Bible. So Mark chapter 6 in the first six verses, it'll be on the screen behind me. If you've got a phone, open it up. If you've got a one with pages, Mark chapter 6 is where we're going to go. And it says this, that Jesus left there, went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They were amazed. Imagine listening to Jesus. You'd be amazed, wouldn't you? We'd be amazed. Where did this man get these things they asked? What's this wisdom that's been given him that he even does miracles? I'm going to pause there. Incredible. So you can tell with the language and the emphasis they are amazed. Now, though, it takes a shift. Isn't this the carpenter, though? Isn't this Mary's son, brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And watch this, they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And it says this, that he was amazed at their lack of faith. And I love it because at the start of these verses, it says that Jesus, or that they were amazed by him, but by the end of it, he was amazed at them. But there was a fundamental shift in faith. What happened is, through the language of, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't that Isn't that Joseph's son? Isn't that the wee lad from that? Isn't that who that? We know his brothers. We know the family. They started to treat him as common. They became used to him. They were offended by him. They dishonored him. And the moment they stopped being amazed by Jesus, the Bible says heaven began to close over the whole encounter. Jesus could do no miracles there except a few. 
What I want us to see is that when they stopped seeing the person of God in him, they limited the influence of God from him. Now listen, I'm going to say that again because it's huge. When they stopped seeing the person of God in him, they limited the influence of God from him. When I stay amazed at God, when I position myself to honor him, to prefer him, to follow him, to obey him, and I don't always get that right, anyone? But when I do that, when I do my best to do that, as a result, I receive from him influence into my world. I begin to be able to pray in his name. But when I stop being amazed by Jesus, when I get used to him, when I get used to the Bible, when I get used to prayer, when I get used to it, what happens is I become less able to be influenced by him because faith has rendered heaven to be closed above me. And I believe that this principle works wherever followers of Jesus find themselves at homes, in our marriages, and wherever we are. So for example, when I stop, or if I stop, Seeing Judith, my wife, who hopefully you'll meet sometime soon, when I stop seeing her as God's gift to me, when I hear her voice in the house and I roll my eyes, that never happens. But if it did, when I look at her and I sense that I am used to her, when I treat her as common as it were, What happens is I minimize the call of God on my life to sacrifice everything for her. And when that happens, I I limit the influence of God in our marriage. But when I see her, when I'm reminded, even in moments like this, that she is a gift of God to me, then faith rises in my heart and I thank the Lord for who she is and heaven's influence falls on me as faith rises and I step into becoming the man or the husband. I pray that she wants me to be and that God is calling me to be. It's the same with our children. You know the story of our kids, but it doesn't matter. One, two, three, or four, five, six. It doesn't matter how many you have. They're a gift from God. I'm serious. They are. Okay? They're a severe financial drain, but they are a gift from God nonetheless. They're just the gift that keeps taking. You know what I'm saying to you? Hmm. All right. But when I stop seeing them, you know, when they get annoying, when they get messy, when they get, oh, I'm tired. Why is it the same? It's Groundhog Day when you have kids. You do the same thing every day again, and they don't seem to learn. They just, oh, don't even, another story. Do you know what I'm saying to you? But when I treat them as another commodity, as another thing that I have to look after, when I commodify my children, when I stop seeing them as a gift from God to me, you know, then I minimize my role as a father of faith. But when I see them as God's gift to me, when I stay amazed by them, then heaven opens, faith rises. I thank the Lord and somehow I find energy and I find the creativity and I find enough strength to go, let's do it again today, Lord. All because I've decided to stay amazed by them. So the thing today is that if you're not experiencing divine influence and it's dry and it's steel for you, if you are, you know, your marriage is on tender hooks or you're about to put the kids on eBay, whatever you are thinking of doing, maybe you've you're stopped sensing the presence of God. Maybe you're wondering, Lord, when was the last time you spoke to me? When was the last time I got a word for me? When was the last time whatever? Could it be, could it be that we've stopped staying amazed 
by Jesus? Could it be that we've gotten used to him? We've got used to, I remember a girl in Cornerstone, and she said this out loud, and I panicked for her. She said, you know, I've been a Christian so long, I know the Bible so well, it has nothing more to teach me. I think, well, you're probably going to meet Jesus very soon. (laughs) If you have nothing more to learn in the Word of God, well, all the best for you. Right? Talk about stopping, staying, and who would say it out loud? Anyway, do you know it's amazing? So what I want to do is just give you a couple of things to help us stay amazed. I want to talk, first of all, stay amazed by grace. Amazing grace. Stay amazed by grace. The psalmist writes in 5, 7, uh, Psalm, uh, forgive me, five, cha- uh, chapter 5, verse 7, he says, But I, by your great mercy, will come into your house, and in reverence I will bow down towards your holy temple. And I love this verse for how it starts. It starts, he says, but I, by your great mercy, because of your mercy, because of your grace, I, because of all that you have done, because of the unmerited favor on my life, I get to do something. But I, by your great mercy, he understands that it's God's grace that he gets to do anything at all. And when he comes into the house of God, he says, in reverence, I will bow down, I will bow down towards your holy temple. He understands this, that it's just because of God's gift he gets anywhere near the presence of God, and he's amazed by it, and he stays amazed. And I want to encourage you today, stay amazed by grace. Are you used to your forgiveness? Are you used to your slate being wiped completely clean? Are you used to being forgiven? Are you used to the message being over and over again that it no longer applies to you? I want to encourage you today, stay amazed by grace. Let's never be get used to an empty tomb. Let's never get used to the sight of a cross. Let's never get used to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ what it took for him, what it took for our redemption, our salvation, our forgiveness, and our ticket, if you like, to heaven. It cost God everything. And may we never, ever get used to grace. When I stay amazed by grace, two things happen to me. Number one is, I become more grateful to God for everything. Most of you had a choice of clothes today to wear. You open up a wardrobe and you thought, what will I? Will it be A or B or C or D? Yep, you had options this morning. You know what wealth is? Wealth is the, op- the ability to choose. That's what wealth is. It's not money or, or whatever. It's actually having the capacity to make a choice. That's wealth. You're loaded because of God's goodness and God's grace. Amen. We don't own a thing. We steward stuff. Another talk for another day. But it's by God's grace. You look the way you do. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Bible says he's knitted you together in your... God's a knitter. Who knew? You knit stuff to a pattern. You're by design. By the grace of God. Let's never get amazed. By grace. And the second thing that happens to me is that I become more forgiving and patient of others. Because in the faults of everyone else, I'm learning to see me. Hello? And it's through God's grace that He saves us and loves us still. His mercies are new every day. You're in His love. You're in His mercy. 
and you're under his grace. Stay under my grace. Amen. Second thing is this. Let's learn for those that are married, those who are getting married, and one or two of you are getting married this year. Let's stay amazed by marriage. Can I get an amen from the man? Amen. Well, that was all right. Okay. It's a good church. Oh, I see. Normally it's like a home. Ow. It's more like an ow, isn't it? Come on, have you got used to being married to your spouse? Don't answer whatever you do. Don't, don't answer that. That's a rhetorical, no one put your hand up. Or it's a long, cold drive home for you. Now, now, I won't want to try and get away with this here, okay? So just work with me. I don't know about girls, okay? But sometimes we husbands in the early stages of our marriages that, you know, we can begin to look at our wives like they are machines. Say machines. Machines. And when we're newly married, we can kick off by looking at you like a sex machine. Can I say that? Half seven. Ooh, time for bed. Okay. And then after that, we look at you perhaps like a baby-making machine. Nothing. Okay. And then what happens is after the baby, you become a mummy machine. And we're not up for sharing you. So much, okay. But we, we rise up, man, don't we? We, we, puddle, we push through on that, okay. We get to share you. We're never quite used to that. Then you become the lean machine, okay. And that means you join a gym to try and get back in shape after the baby machine. I'm going to not be back, okay. And then it's like the mean machine because you can't eat what you want when you're at the gym and you're angry with the low sugar levels. So what happens, you become all these sorts of machines. But here's the thing, and follow with me now. Um, 12 or 16 years into a, a marriage, gentlemen, our beautiful wives can quickly become a seen machine. Seen and not heard machine. And we can check out because we don't do conversation at 12 to 16 years. We don't do romance so well as we used to. And the relationship can decline and we think our wives then will become time machines. Because you seem to live in another world than us. And then the time machine becomes a broken machine because it doesn't seem to work anymore. We're no longer compatible and eyes begin to wander for someone who just gets us. That's how it starts. But I want to encourage you today, don't stay married to a machine. Stay amazed by marriage. Stay amazed by marriage. When I marry couples, the vows I use, they're classic. They're the old-fashioned stuff. To the bridegroom and, of course, the bride, I'll say this. Will you love her, comfort her, honor and protect her, and forsaking all others, will you be faithful to her as long as you both shall live? Let me paraphrase what I mean by that vow. What I mean is, will you stay amazed by her for as long as you both shall live? And I want to remind you today, your vows become the things that you strap to the, the mast of the ship when the, when the journey is rocking, when you're journeying through life. The vows become the glue that binds you together. And so if it just means me standing on a toe or two today, I don't mind because I want to encourage you. Stay amazed by the vows you took. Stay amazed by your wife. Stay amazed by your husband. Do whatever it is that you need to do. Speak well of each other, especially in public. Oh, him. Oh, her, oh, the fork and knife, the ball and chain, whatever, her indoors. No, stay amazed. 
See, when we're amazed, we speak well. We speak well of our better half. We speak well of our husband or our wives. Even if it's not going so well, we'll still speak well to others. Hello? Because we're choosing to stay amazed, even in the hard times. What about spending time? Not so much. Okay, we'll move on. Spend time. When was the last time we went out? Brian, we're just 18 months in the house together. I'm dying to get out on my own. Okay, I, understand. I get all of that, but we've got to spend time together holding hands. And we're still holding hands down the street, along the beach, doing whatever. Driving the car. Do you still hold hands together when you're driving? 12, 16, 20 years. All the men's going, no way. It's dangerous driving. Fair enough. I'll delete that for the next service. Just don't hold hands when driving. What about sending wee notes and wee texts during the day? Have you two got a WhatsApp group with a wee heart on it? Cuddles or snuggles or whatever group on WhatsApp, just the two of you. And wee voice messages, sweet, sweet nothings. Why not? She is, he is the most important thing in your world. Let me tell you this here. You didn't make a covenant to your kids. You didn't make a covenant to the church. You didn't make a covenant to your work. You didn't make a covenant to your salary. You didn't make a covenant to your golf. You didn't make a covenant to the girls in the knitting club. You, didn't make a, you made a covenant to God and to your spouse. Stay amazed by the ones you make a covenant. Amen? Come on, somebody. I'm excited to get home. Put the lips on her. Come on. It's going to be awesome. That's it. Let's go. Hebrews 2 verse 1, right? I'll never be back. Okay. Um, Hebrews 2 verse 1. Well, I'm going to just unload the truck now, so just, we'll just might as well. It says this. Watch. This is really cool. Listen to this. It says, we must therefore pay attention to what we've heard so that we do not drift away. Now, we know what the word drift means, right? It just means to drift. It's kind of those words that you say. It has its own meaning within it. Just drift. But did you know in other Greek kind of vernacular, the word drift can be applied to mean that when a ring slowly comes off a finger? Isn't that amazing? So whatever you've heard today, whatever God's put his finger on in terms of your marriage is building it from strength to strength, or maybe it's a little reset moment today, whatever it is to stay amazed, let's not drift. Let's, if your ring's about here, just push it back up a finger. Metaphorically speaking, you know what I'm saying? So come on, let's do it. Thirdly and finally, it's this. I'm out of time. I want us to stay amazed by church. Stay amazed by church. You're four years old. And whether you're 4, 40, 44, 54, 400, I want to encourage you, stay amazed by this church. Will you do that for me? Will you stay amazed by church? I want to encourage you by a few things really briefly. Stay amazed by your mission. I love your mission. Okay, life-giving, life-changing. When you stay amazed by your mission, you'll be moved to play a part in it. You don't want to come into church and go, hey, I'm tired of the mission. I'm tired of the vision. I'm getting used to the mission. I'm getting used to the vision of the house. I never want to get used to the vision of the house. I never want to treat it as common. I want to walk into church every Sunday and go, who's life? 
life can I change and what part of my life can I give in Jesus' name? Because it's the Lord's house and you set it up so well. You are the church. Stay amazed by the church. And when you do that, heaven continues to be open above you. His influence flows. Faith begins to rise. But if you pull in the car park, oh, it's church today. Guess what? God's not going to be able to get through to you because heaven's above you. You've dishonored the house. I want to encourage you. Hey, let's get in the church. I want to stay in. What's going to happen today? What's the word? What's the worship? I wonder who'll be here. <gasps> it's so exciting. We've got to st- stay amazed then by your venue. Even if it's not where you want to be right now. You guys set up and tear down. Always a joy. Amen. But isn't it fantastic? How comfy is your seat? Your backs even spring back a little bit. It's awesome. We've got cupcakes at the end, tea and coffee, like filter, none of the instant stuff. We've got filter stuff for you here. It's better than home. Isn't it? Better than my house. It's phenomenal. It's so good. Stay amazed at your venue. You've got kids' rooms and toilets you don't have to clean. Get your own building. Hey, uh, who's for the toilet team volunteers? Oh, not the Lord's work. Oh, yes, it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Stay amazed by your venue. Come in and get excited. Stay amazed by each other. Oh, oh yeah, we'll do that, Pastor. Stay amazed by each other. That's hard work. Sometimes you're more amazing than others, okay? You know, sometimes you come with the head on you. It's like, oh, I don't want to be here. No, just the pastor. Okay, that's fine. I'm telling you, stay amazed by each other. Think positively. Think the best. See the best. Because the minute you start seeing people negatively, you begin to shut heaven above you because that person could be used by God to try and reach you that day. And you don't want to ever get in a place where God can't reach you. But if you have no faith because you're dishonoring the others around you, oh my goodness. But you know how you overcome that? You know how you fix that? You walk in determined to be a blessing. You walk in and you go, hey, you look fantastic. You look, are they new shoes? Blick, you played that that well. Jody, what a voice. Smile. The person here, stand at the girl. What's the word? Where is she? The girl that was here. Trish, smile. Look at that smile. Unbelievable. Phenomenal. Just so good. And the band, walk in and be a blessing with your words, with your posture. <laughs> the guys are up here with the banjo and you're like that. Come on, somebody. Let's stay amazed by each other. I don't like the song, but that's not my favorite song. Who cares if it's not your favorite song? You can still be amazed by it because the minute you say it's not my favorite song and the hands go into the pockets as a sign of protest, and I hope Blake sees, because we had that song last week as well, by the way. Do you know what I'm saying to you? You begin to shut heaven above you and God can't reach you through the worship. And why are you going to stand there in a huff? Stay amazed by whatever song it is. Position yourself to go, Father, what a song. I will worship you. I will declare your name. I will lift up the name of Jesus. I may not know all the words. I may even sing out of key. Chances are really good. I'm an awful singer, but it will not get in the way of my worship. 
Stay amazed by each other. Stay amazed by your services. And finally, stay amazed by your lead pastors. Thank you. And then I'm done. Keys. Where's the keys? Come on, you up there. Keys. That's fantastic. Keys. That's just not your name. <laughs> All right, keys. I'm so sorry. Where's the keys? I got to get off this stage. Stay amazed by your senior leaders. And what I mean is that whenever you know they're arriving, be at his car with rose petals and throw them at his feet as he walks. That's what we think this means. Does he think, is he preaching about deference and pastor worship? And does he think, no! I'm thinking about adding value. I'm thinking about speaking well. I'm thinking of thinking of them during the week. I'm encouraging you to remember their humanity. You are a human being. But everyone else here thinks angels makes your lunch. Oh, you do. You think that Sean comes down the stairs in a Shekinah glory cloud? And he floats, and the Lord fixes his car when it breaks down and fills the oil. It's okay, Sean, I'm out the back. Thank you, Lord. Got your back. None of that happens. None. Life, family, kids, ministry, call of God, anointed for sure. Amen. But he's the spiritual oversight, along with a great team, and Jill, I want to encourage you to stay amazed. Because when you stay amazed by them, their ability to lead you around the Word of God, your purpose, and to reach this community, heaven opens above that. I've been around too many churches where they're not amazed. They've gotten used to. They treat as common. But not here. You're only four. We're excited. And the way that you'll never leave this church is to stay amazed at it. I guarantee you, if you're going to learn to honor, if you're going to learn to keep heaven open, above you, speak well, live well, worship well, you'll never leave. Because you want to build, you want to grow, and you want to grow. So, stay amazed by grace. Stay amazed by marriage. Forgive my awful illustrations about machines. It's true. And stay amazed by each other. Lead pastors, life-giving. Life. Imagine belonging to a church with a vision like that, that exists to change lives and to give life. That's worth giving your life.